Hey, Locked On Sox fans, do what our friend Mr. Hand did at underscore Aloha Mr. Hand on Twitter. He ordered himself some Built Bars because we said so, and you should do the same. And why wouldn't you? Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now the improved Built Bar is even delicious-er. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. There's also the 12 original flavors. You've heard me talk about so many of them over the years. The German chocolate. Oh, I love it. So banana bread, the mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. That's good if you're, you know, after you're mowing the lawn and need a little something to to tide you over before dinner, you're doing some yard work. You just need something packed with protein, but still satisfies that sweet tooth. I know I have one. I'm sure many of you guys out there can relate. Built Bar is perfect if you're a health conscious guy or gal on the go. It's great for losing or maintaining weight while still enjoying in those delicious sweets that we love so much because Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft, They're easy to chew, smooth. They're not grainy like some of those other protein bars that are on the market. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for you if you're on the keto diet. For example, one of the new flavors, Cherry Barcia, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And for our Lockdown White Sox listeners, they're offering a special promotion just for you, a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 go. Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after a heart wrenching, gut wrenching, Dumbass, three to two loss to the Minnesota <laughs> Twins. This is Herb Lawrence. Uh, thank you for joining us on Locked On Socks. With me, as always, is Chris, and uh, I am scared to ask you, but um, how you feeling? Oh, I'm doing fine. You know why? Because the White Sox are still in first place. We talked about it today before the game, uh, off the air, obviously. Um, that the, no matter what happens tonight, the Sox would still be in first place, and they are. And I've I've been thinking long and hard about this over the course of tonight's ball game, um, and it really came together at the end. But I, I'm gonna just go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna be careful on this limb. I'd much rather talk about victories than losses. So how about that? Um, it's not good tonight. Uh, Sox are losers tonight by a score of three to two to the Twins. Real, just a real tough ball game. Uh, you know, a frustrating ball game to say the least. I think uh, Sox didn't have many opportunities, and you know, felt like they should have come away with more. 
didn't enjoy a lot of the at bats tonight. Uh, I didn't think the, many of the Twins pitchers were fooling anybody. But but before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, this episode of Lockdown and White Sox is brought to you by Indeed. Hey, can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business certainly did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed with a free 75 dollar credit at indeed.com slash locked on mlb this is their best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash locked on mlb terms and conditions apply offer valid through september 30th and we're also brought to you tonight by postmates hey when you guys need red wine at 4 p.m sushi at 9 p.m a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m and ibuprofen at 10 a.m Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. And now, for a limited time, Postmates is going to give our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. All right. Sox lose 3-2 to two to the Twins tonight. Still in first place in a tie with the Indians who just massacred the Royals tonight. Uh, you could call it regicide uh, of the Royals this <laughs> evening. Um, where do you want to start here tonight, Herbie? I, I, let, why don't we go Michael Pineda and the White Sox offensive uh, approach or lack thereof against Michael Pineda. And by the way, before we, we get going on, on old Mikey, um, he's listed as 6'7", 280. You buying any of that? Ugh, hell no. <laughs> I mean... As I tweeted earlier, it looks like Michael's trying to never have anybody accuse him of being a PED user again. Because <laughs> that man looks like Tommy Harris used to look back in the day. Uh, I mean, you know, when Tommy wasn't a big dude, but he was a baseball player. He's a football player. And 
he looks exactly facially like Tommy Harris and body wise now back in the Super Bowl days. But yeah, that, that's right, just, folks. We're we're body shaming here tonight because we're mad at the Sox lost. I mean, instead of having PED shipped to his locker, it looked like uh, Michael Pineda had Rick and Benny's breaded steak sandwiches <laughs> shipped to his locker every day. Um, or you got those, uh, you got those, uh, the hamburgers with the damn cheese inside, the lo- juicy Lucy. lava hot, the juicy yeah. Lucy's. Yeah. Hey guys, this is our our favorite thing. We put cheese inside the burger. Look, come to our city. Oh no, I you Minneapolis. You're gonna hear it from the twins contingent tonight uh, in your in your in your work email. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not here to to to, to body shame because I, I should talk. Uh, but Michael Pineda, he looks like a recently retired police officer. <laughs> 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 like like he's been hang, hanging couple on months off yeah he's been hanging on by a thread in the last couple of years but like now that he's done done he's just happy that it's over with and he can really let himself go maybe he like still does security on the side to make a little extra scratch you know um you know and, and you know the other thing about him is when he's out there navigating his way through a lineup you know as you know, the, the cameras had like a nice tight shot of him and his facial gestures, and he was really laboring out there. And you know, as I was thinking it, Benetti mentions it. Oh, you know, he's 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 really has he's got a lot of gestures going on right now. Michael Pineda works his way through a lineup, and he looks the way I look when I'm cleaning out my garage. There's lots of heavy breathing. There's wincing, sweating. Uh, just in general, doesn't want to be there. Um, it just it was very uncomfortable tonight. And apparently, the White Sox were uncomfortable too going up against Pineda, whose final line tonight. Michael Pineda goes six innings, allows six hits, just two runs, both of them earned, coming in the first inning, one walk, four strikeouts. Um, really only using two pitches tonight, fastball slider. What would you make of the White Sox approach tonight against Michael Pineda? I just didn't understand it. This is the first start in a shortened season coming off a drug suspension, so he hasn't pitched anywhere. He hasn't thrown uh, anywhere except for their alternate site. And I just don't get the approach the White Sox had versus him today. It just, um, you know, the first thing, they were really good. They shortened up and did the things they need to do. And a rocket double by Eloy, of course, got the the scoring started. And I thought, you know, here we go. Getting on a guy that hasn't pitched this whole year, uh, exposing for him for what he is. And then nothing crickets after that the the approaches were were not that great they only had seven hits total in the full game and so i don't know you know sometimes you've got to tip your cap to a good pitcher but i don't necessarily think he was pitching well today no I mean, he, he gave up a lot of hard hit balls tonight that's why i don't you know they were squaring him up pretty good but maybe it's just one of those nights where the hits just didn't fall and you know just couldn't get the big hit when they needed it but what, what, what I look at here is just not many opportunities in general. Uh, the next best opportunity after the first probably came in the fifth. Uh, with two outs, they started to start a little rally, the White Sox did. Nick Madrigal gets a base hit. And they do a little hit and run, which I liked. Uh, one of the moves from Ricky I did like tonight. They try to hit and run with T.A. He shoots one up the box, and then all of a sudden you've got first and third with two out. Uh, Grandal walks and ultimately loads the bases, and then Jose Abreu leaves him loaded. That was not a great at-bat by Jose in that spot right there. Kind of just, uh, uh, I think he grounded out just meekly there to end the inning, and usually we say that's the guy you want up in that position, and sometimes you just don't come through. It's baseball. Um, you have any problem with uh, Abreu's approach there in that at-bat? I think you just, it was one pitch, and it was uh, one and done. Yeah, um, just no no uh, problems right there. I mean, sometimes he's going to fail in a big clutch situation. And that guy, I'll give the benefit of the doubt this year, especially because he comes through so many times. I would just say that 
I don't like how some of those Minnesota Twins pitchers, usually this team takes advantage of mistakes. And I saw a couple hanging sliders, a couple fastballs mislocated, and there was no mistake hitting tonight. I mean, that's usually their MO. And, of course, Luis Robert with his home run last night and his double were both – well, his double was actually just great hitting, went down and got it. But his home run was a mistake slider that's hung up. But there was at least four or five, especially late, uh, Sergio Romo uh, hung a couple sliders, and they didn't take advantage of those garbage sliders. But what can you do? And, I mean, I know we're going to get to it later, but it looks like Edwin Encarnacion's coming. He's really coming, and that son of a bitch Brian Buxton doing twin things yeah, against the White Sox. Yeah, we've seen that before in, in, in the Twin Cities. A center fielder robbing home runs away from the White Sox, and really it, it's feeling like it's 0-3-0-4 all over again. Uh, thankfully, the Sox were able to eke out that victory last night, but I, I still maintain that this team is more talented, and they're a better team than the Twins. It's going to be a, a great game tomorrow. I don't love, love, love the pitching matchup, but uh, you know, Sox have an opportunity here to take two out of three, and of course, if you would have asked me before the series, if you will take it, of course I'll take it. And how about, uh, speaking of Abreu, how about our guy, Johnny Kest on Twitter, uh, sending us the Photoshop of Jose Abreu with the gold glove before he, <laughs> before he totally botches that, that double play that would have ended the inning. <laughs> oh, that hurt. That really hurt. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, I don't think you get charged an air there because you can't assume the double play. But if you could he would definitely get an air. That was right in the webbing of his glove. And great play by Yolmer, who I criticized for Ricky starting him. He shouldn't have started because he's Yolmer Gotham Sanchez. Start Danny Mendick. I'd much rather see him in the lineup than Yolmer Sanchez. But even, I though, even though Mendick's kind of been trashed the, the past few days, like you can tell it looks like he looks a little gassed out there. Yeah, he's been great though, so far. I, but I, want, I know what I'm getting from Yolmer. Garbage. Bad at bats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Swinging at breaking exactly. balls. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, maybe Minda can run into one. He's you know maybe he can just generate some power every once in a while and hit a ball hard. I know Yomer's not going to do that anymore. So I don't know. He started that double play that should have been ended in quick turn by Nick Magical. That's why he's in the field. Great defensive player and also can get you some singles. Which you got one tonight. But yeah. Jose has been solid with the defense, but tonight wasn't a great night for him, even though he got that good stab where he fed the ball to Dallas Keuchel right before Arianza. I think, no, it was um, Rosario. And, yeah, that was a great play, but the dropping of that double play, which eventually led to them scoring their first run of the game, really hurt. And the White Sox, while they didn't, haven't played spectacular defense in this series, um, they've played great throughout the year. So I'll give them a pass on not completing every single play, but... I don't and two runs. That's it. Like you're not going to win many games just scoring two runs. I can talk up and down about the bad pitching matchups and what Ricky Renteria did, but if the offense only scores two runs, what can you do? Would you say Ricky's boys quit? Ricky's boys quit. <laughs> Would you say that tonight, or Ricky's boys don't quit? <laughs> Ricky's boys won't quit. Uh, generally speaking, they won't quit. Uh, but all right, let's get into the meat of it here. Uh, you talked about you know blaming Ricky a little bit. Okay, so. The seventh inning is where this game was lost, basically. So they they bring Jimmy Cordero out there uh, in, in the sixth, and he's been out there 
this is his fifth appearance in seven days, I read on Twitter today. And then they, they leave him out there for the seventh to face Nelson Cruz. Um, so, you know, let's play devil's advocate. You try to first guess instead of second guess. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, put my mind inside of, of Ricky's head and, and see what he what he's going through thought process wise when he leaves Jimmy Cordero, who's been get he's been getting hit around lately. You know, it, he's beginning to show signs of, you know, a little bit of uh Fatigue, I think, and just over usage. So they leave him out there to face the best hitter in the Twins lineup, which is, of course, Nelson Cruz. Uh, you know, you have to be waking up this morning thinking it's a, a miracle that they were able to, you know, have such good luck with him last night. But they leave Jimmy Cordero out there to face Nelson Cruz in the seventh. And I'm thinking, all right, well, let me check it out. I don't know why. Maybe they wouldn't start Marshall there in that situation to, to face Cruz. I looked up the splits of Evan Marshall and Nelson Cruz. Not great, Bob. Uh, one for three with a homer. So I'm like, okay, I see what Ricky's thinking there. But then I'm, I'm just going through the guys that are out there that haven't been used in a while. Is Zach Birdie in the doghouse from his bad outing over the weekend? I don't understand the thought process here. Well, first of all, did you agree with with them leaving Jimmy Cordero out there to start that inning? And if not, who would you have had out there possibly? I mean, I did not agree with him starting the seventh inning with Jimmy Cordero because in the sixth inning, he got hit hard by Jake Cave, right, to start the inning for a triple. It was a rocket triple. Then got a couple guys out and then uh, gave up the tying run to Arias, who then subsequently made a dumbass play at third oh, base. Oh, boy. But, I thought that was going to be the play that's going to like turn the game around right there. Like That was so dumb, where he's yeah. trying to take third base and a ball hit right in front of him, and Tim Anderson making a nice play there. Uh, you know, making the right play to uh, to Yomer to get him out there. But yeah, so continue, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and so like it wasn't like his sixth inning was clean, and he, all right, I'm just gonna bring him out because he was so good in that sixth right. inning. I want to show, I want to show him a little faith that he did so well. I want you to go back out there and do the job. No, he had a bad sixth inning, and so bringing him back out for the seventh, you know, what? I would have understood this if you know, okay, right-handed Nelson Cruz is up. I want to keep my right-hander in Jimmy Cordero. Whatever he does, he does, and then you know Nelson Cruz hit a rocket double. He takes him out. And puts another goddamn right-hander in versus, I think, a switch hitter. But the guy who's batting left-handed. Right then, if he would have went to Ross Detweiler to replace Jimmy Cordero, I would have been, okay. I don't necessarily agree with you leaving Jimmy Cordero in to start the seventh, but I get your logic. I understand what you were doing. Righty-righty. You didn't want Nelson Cruz starting the inning off versus Ross Detweiler, a lefty. I got you. I got you, Rick. That's a smooth move. I don't agree with it, but I understand the logic. But so, to go from Jimmy Cordero starting the inning versus a righty to another righty and Evan Marshall against, I think, two lefties and a righty subsequently, which he gave up the uh, lead there. I didn't understand that. It didn't make sense at all. It was very illogical. He has to say something in this post game where, I don't know, if he, if he just goes in the post game and says, you know what, guys? I just had a gut feeling right there that Jimmy was going to get the job done. I wouldn't agree with it, but I'm like, hey, gut feeling sometimes managers like it. And if you have a gut feeling and it fails, throw the hands up, whatever, shrug the shoulders. But I need to hear something from him that makes me feel good about him going forward because that, like, the, we talk about process over results all the time. The process didn't make any damn sense if you're going to bring in a righty after that. Jimmy Cordero over the last seven games, 0-1, 5-1, 5-2, 5-3, 5-4, 5-5, 5-6, 5-7, 5-8, 5-9, 5-10, 5-11, 5-12, 5-
four five zero ERA, uh, eight innings pitch, ten hits, four earned runs, uh, one walk, and six strikeouts for a whip of one point three eight. Yeah, so I, I mean, am I alone here on the Zach Birdie thing? You bring in a guy, a young guy, uh, with some velocity in there to square up against Cruz and maybe build back some of his confidence. I, I, I'd be more game for that, even though he's been struggling a little bit. Uh, I mean, but he deserves an opportunity. I mean, he's just sitting there in the bullpen, not doing anything. Otherwise, I would have. I would have started Evan Marshall in that inning. If you're going to do that, I would have had Evan Marshall, my strongest righty. I mean, he's been strong pretty much all the year. Um, I don't know how healthy or how ready Hoyer or Matt Foster are, but he he definitely didn't want to go to him today. I'm assuming Foster was a no-go because he pitched Sunday, right? And we know he pitched yesterday. And I I, I don't know if if Hoyer pitched the last two days or not. He pitched yesterday. Yeah, he pitched yesterday. Hoyer did. So with the young arms like that, I I get the thought process. But again, I go back to Zach Birdie, who hasn't pitched uh, in a couple days. And, you know, he's got – When he gave up that home run, I think – yeah, Ricky's like, I'm going to trust my veterans and I'm not going to have this kid in a, in a high leverage situation in the near future. So I can get it there. If Imagine if you put Zach Birdie in the game and then he gives up a rocket home run to Nelson Cruz. Everybody's shitting on him for you know, putting in a rookie there. I you can't protect them though, Herb. Not, you know you can't. You, this is Major League Baseball. You can't protect those guys. I get what you're saying though. You know, just playing devil's advocate in that situation. But mm-hmm. Zach, you know, Zach Birdie certainly he he seemed like he was uh, maybe a little shook out there. He couldn't find his release point. He had problems with mechanics. So I maybe I I understand. You know, overall, but just you know, you know, put guys in a position where you can pump them up a little bit, prop up Zach Birdie. Like, here you go, we still trust you, kid. I think it would have been nice, especially only considering the over usage of all these other guys uh, over the past month or however long it's been since Bummer's been gone. But and by the way, we didn't mention it yesterday in the show, but Rickon spoke to the media before the game, mentioning Aaron Bummer and how he's dealing with the nerve issues in the forearm. And mm-hmm. although it does not sound great, what Rickon did say is, you know, we, we told you guys that uh, Aaron Bummer played catch in Schaumburg, and they're kind of just playing the waiting game to see how he feels after some a uh, little bit of usage by playing catch. So, you know, he could come back and say, you know what, I feel good. Um, I'm not particularly optimistic on that front, but we'll have to wait and see. But I, I would... Probably my gut says that you have to get used to life without Aaron Bummer, which is incredibly frustrating because in games like this, when you have that secret, not so secret weapon out there, uh, you certainly miss him in the uh, back end of the bullpen. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, the offense can prop up the pitching staff a little bit more going forward, and we don't have to have too many tight ones like this. But I have a feeling uh, you can see a lot of tight ball games from here on out. So. Um, ultimately, Byron Buxton ends up driving in the go-ahead run. He giveth and taketh away. Um, Sergio Romo comes in in the eighth for the Twins, and he looked like Chris Farley in the SNL Hibernol commercial, you know, the NyQuil knockoff fake commercial they did. Uh, Mm -hmm. Honey, did I miss the Super Bowl? I taped it for you. You're the best. Um, Just, you know, we got the beard going and the long hair. Um, Thing that, you know, he he comes in on his his wobbly, rickety knee, and he's got to pop it back into place. It was just weird (laughs) all over the place. And Laz Diaz, who had been good all year, he misses that first pitch to Grandal low and outside, and in a one-run game, this shit matters. So that changes the whole dynamic of the whole at bat. Because, so what does what does Romo do? To his credit, he goes right back to the same spot, low and away. Grandal chases because he knows he's got to protect that part of the plate. And then you could see him, like you know, basically telling Laz Diaz, "You see, you see, not a strike." So ultimately, he ends up weakly. I think he grinded right back to uh, to Romo, and they don't get mm-hmm. much much of a threat there in the eighth inning. Um, 
bottom of the eighth, though, Steve Ciszek does come in, and he strikes out the side. Um, I don't want to put too much stock into one appearance, but maybe he found a little something there. He looked he looked pretty good, and he had batters looking uncomfortable. With Steve Ciszek, it's all about that. Is like how do the how do the opposing hitters look against him with with that uh, that funky arm angle and, and the stuff? So, I, were you encouraged to by what Ciszek did tonight? Yeah, he looked crisp. He looked uh, like the guy that was. A couple of years ago with the Cubs is a uh, filthy slider. He, no one was hitting him tonight. And a little breaking news while I'm reading uh, some Twitter things. It looks like Ricky is saying that Dallas Keuchel was dealing with a couple st- stomach issues tonight, battling that the whole five innings that he was pitching. This is why I say the man is our best pitcher, because he had a stomach issue, probably had to poop or throw up, <laughs> and he's out there still you know, trying to locate that fastball on the outside, inside corner. Uh, and he was struggling. You could say he's struggling with his command today, and so he couldn't do it. And he said he was gassed, so he could not come back out for the six. He was only at eighty-five pitches. So if he was gassed, was a smart move. I thought he had stomach issues. You say he was gassed. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> yikes! Really. I'll take it, though, man. Dallas Keiko goes five innings, scatters seven hits, gives up just the one run, two walks, four strikeouts. I mean, I was looking up the, you know, stretches similar to uh, in his career. I mean, this is as good as, as he's been for a stretch of time since he won the Cy Young in 2015. So I'll take it, you know, whether or not he had, you know, stomach issues or not. Like, I don't think that was a any reason for Ricky to come out there and say that, you know, because it's not like he pitched poorly and we're looking, you know, for answers. But yeah, I'll take that every time from Dallas Keuchel. That, that was a job well done tonight. And it's always reminiscent of, of Mark Burley out there, except he's not giving up 10 runs to the twins in, in one inning. Um, and, and grabbing that dub too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got for that game tonight. Um, I'll just go back to my initial point where I started here. You know, that was, a, that was a tight game. We're going to see a lot of those from here on out. But the Sox are still in first place and a tie with the, with the Indians. And Zach Plesak came back better than ever tonight uh, in his performance against the Royals. And, you know, still in first place. You live to fight another day and you just keep taking days off the calendar. And, you know, you hope you're still in first place when it all ends. But uh, how do we feel about the pitching matchup going into tomorrow? We have for the Minnesota Twins, Jose Berrios. And then we have... Ronaldo Lopez going for the White Sox. This feels like a loss. Um, oh yeah! But this is baseball, and anything can happen. You know, I I could see, uh, you know, a slugfest going on with these two teams, these two power hitting teams, and the Twins not really power hitting of late. But I could see them returning to form tomorrow night against Ronaldo Lopez. One thing you can't not do is give him the free pass out there. We've we've seen that they've they've had their share of that this series already. And more often than not, they do capitalize. So how are we feeling going into tomorrow night's matchup? I'm feeling really terrible. (laughs) Ronaldo Lopez has proven himself not to be a consistent or good pitcher. And while this Twins lineup isn't the Twins of last year with only Nelson Cruz and Sano doing anything over OPS of over 800 right now, I think. Ronaldo Lopez has a propensity not to find the strike zone. And like you said, walk guys and then throw a ball right down the middle. It's 98 miles per hour and people hit it really hard. So uh, we got to burials last time we faced them at the beginning of the year, five runs, I believe in one inning to tie up the game. And I have no, I have no doubt that the white Sox will hit burials, but will it be too late because of Ronaldo Lopez's performance tomorrow? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. Go out and do something. But 
I'm not feeling good at all about this performance by Ronaldo Lopez tomorrow. They need to just sustain his four and a third and whatever, how many innings he gives, how many runs he gives up, and then have the bullpen go to work and the offense take over and do some work and try to overcome. I see a big-time score. I'm looking like 10 to 6 maybe tomorrow, and the Twins coming out on top. I don't feel good about this at all. Um, and I don't know if I I don't know if losing two or three to the Twins will just da- put a damper on my well, whole thing. I, I was going to ask I you. I was going to ask you. So you know, knowing what we know now and the way they won Game One, and if they lose tomorrow, I guess it all depends on how they lose. Like the, you know, if they lose three to two and Ronaldo goes out there and, and gives you a nice outing for six innings, and the bats are just kind of quiet again, which has not been the, the norm this year. So if they if they lose tomorrow and, and you know, let's say they don't get their ass kicked and it's another tight game, are you going to uh, feel uh, overall net negative uh, going into the series compared to how we felt yesterday? Like, how do you feel about the team going forward if they drop See, two out of three? This is the thing. Yeah, losing two or three to the Twins was going to be bad, but more likely than not, the White Sox will be – I mean, they'll either be tied with the Indians for first place or a game back. So you feel good because then your stretch after that is four versus the Royals, I think three versus the Tigers and the Pirates after that. You get to have a little rest because those teams you're facing are not as good as the Minnesota Twins. But also, this will be the second time we lost the series to the Minnesota Twins. They will come out of this series after getting swept by the Tigers feeling rejuvenated oh yeah you think you guys are big shit white Sox, and we came and beat your ass again two out of three again when you guys were on top of the world everybody was talking about you you know we were we're your kryptonite like the yankees are ours (laughs) and they can feel that way too they could be like yeah go ahead and beat the the uh royals and the tigers when you come and face us we got that ass okay enjoy Enjoy your one win you had this series, but you're going your ass to Kansas City with those two losses. Enjoy it. So that's that's the only problem I'll have. Uh, just that 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 bugaboo of not be able to take the Twins down. A uh, win tomorrow would just feel so much better going into Kansas City Thursday night. And you know what? It may not even matter if they don't beat the Twins this year. It, it may not matter. You know, it, it may all depend on how they how beat up on the bump teams, which the Indians and and the Twins have not done so, such a great a job at. It just it might not matter. So just you know, putting that out there, I would love to see them sort of rise up to meet their competition because that's going to be important going into the postseason. But at the end of the day, it may not matter. Uh, just looking at James Fegan tweeting out some quotes from Rick Renteria's postgame Zoom and in regards to the Cordero situation, uh, Renteria said Cordero was brought out for the seventh just to face Cruz because they thought his slider could match up well and was not going to go beyond that. Uh, in terms of what happened last night, Giolito attacked Cruz with lots of sliders, and it seemed like a trend. And uh, it was pointed out by a Twitter user, at Yoan Moncada Jr. Uh, well, it's a good thing everyone was on the same page. Cruz got his hit on Cordero's changeup. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't even the slider. Uh, and Fegan responds, yeah, they mentioned that. Cordero throws a slider rarely and busted it out twice to get 0-2. And the change was his out pitch, and seems like he went back to it as a put away. So there you go. That 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 was the logic behind uh, putting Cordero in there. So you know, I I don't hate that. So this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, it, yeah, I still don't love it. You just saw that man get rocketed by a dude named Jake Cave. <laughs> Literally get rocketed down the right field line, and then arise with that single or double to score Cave. Like. Yep. What were you seeing? I don't give a damn if he has a good slider and you saw him do it last night. 
That's not Lucas Giolito on the bump. That's Jimmy Cordero. Absolutely. Well, I think that about does it for us tonight. Let's not let's you know, let's forget about this one and uh, move on tomorrow and hopefully the Sox can salvage and uh, get the rubber match tomorrow and we'll be singing a different tune. Uh you got anything else in regards to tonight? No, I'm just pissed. I mean, I'm now I'm just thinking about them losing the Wednesday game. I'm already I'm already casted out. I'm not guaranteeing ah, the loss. But don't worry. Nomar Mazara still has my guaranteed home run in the back of his pocket so that he can break out at, at any point tomorrow against Jose Barrios. So it could that- be cast in for a, a home run to be hit later. I mean, what the hell, man? Uh, by the I way, mean, he's, he, you know, I, I, it, the Mazara thing too. Like from for, for each, you know, it's like a roller coaster with him. Like you know, each at bat, I feel a different way about him. So I'm like, all right, there you go. That's a nice hit there. Then I'm sometimes like in that last at bat to end the game. I'm like, what are you doing out there? Fam? It was a garbage. <laughs> Slider that Whistler that struck him out on the last pitch yeah, of the dude. game, and then yeah, I don't. Well, if we're discussing Ricky, like every single game, when it's the sixth inning and they bring in some right-hander, then it's Mazzara time for Adam Engel. But once the shoe is on the other foot, Adam Engel can't get any run versus a lefty. Come on, man, that man crushes lefties, and you know Mazzara struggles. He did get a rocket single off of that dude, and it was good to see. But still, like if we're going to do it, let's let's do that platoon thing. Absolutely. All right. I don't want to stew on this one any longer. I already hate the Twins, and I hate that game, and I also have stomach issues, but it had nothing to do with what Dallas Keuchel had, <laughs> um, you know. So it is what it is. Uh, we move on. We live to fight another day in first place for now. Yeah. All right. So that is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill. I am Acknerwall twenty three at. Twitter and he, well, Ooh, it, I Twitter, I, yeah. I, I, I fucked my whole thing up. Uh, we might, might as well just leave that in. I don't give a goddamn. Actor Wall 23 at Twitter. Locked on socks is our address. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, we have a lot already for our Mailbag Monday episode coming up. It is locked on socks at gmail.com. That is locked on socks at gmail.com. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. The White Sox lost, and they're terrible again, even though they're in first place. Lost 3-2 to two to the Minnesota Twins. Thank you for joining us. And listen in for tomorrow's victorious. Damn it, Chris, I'm turned around. We're going to win tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck it. Put the positivity out there. And print the it. Atmosphere, take it. So we're going to win tomorrow. So listen in tomorrow when we, we get – I'm not guaranteeing it because I don't want – I don't feel good about Ronaldo Lopez. I'm, I'm, I don't want my guarantees to be shallow like that and be uh, hanging on the balance with a Ronaldo Lopez. So – for thus, I'll just see you later. I'm tired. I'm pissed. <laughs> hey, guys, you're going to have to break Bye. out the Farmio tonight. Have a great night. Don't talk to me tomorrow about what happened, friends. I know I'm going to see you at the health club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it for Lockdown Socks. Bye.